All right, we're live. Episode four, everybody. Uh, welcome. Thank you for watching. Uh, Dominic, I have one question for you. Start this podcast. What is your hype song? Well, I think everybody can attest this as long as you've heard it and you have culture behind you. The DJ's got his phone in love tonight. Obviously. It's a pretty the, good song. It's a pretty good song. I mean, we were just listening to it before this. And yeah. Everybody's like hyping the building. Everybody's Everybody's like, got to know that song. Oh, yeah. We are back with our guests today as well. Guests are still here. Want to introduce yourself? Hello. My name is Charlie Gordon. Businessman. CEO. World champion. No, not that last part. But anyway, <laughs> that's top G. Top G. Top that's G of me. what? Top G. Define top G. Top G. Yeah, Gordon. <laughs> it's my last name. Top Gordon. Top, I'm a top Gordon. Top Gordon? Well, top Gordon. I just definitely know Gordon Ramsay's higher than you. Oh, God. <laughs> not here. Not here. I'm Leia Simbi, girlfriend of Charlie. I'm top basically. G, I'm basically his bitch. What? I'm his bitch and his. Oh! Girlfriend. Oh! Okay, we got controversy already. We haven't even started questions or anything. All right. Our guests, what is your number one hype up songs? To be honest, number one hype up song, I would have to say Scenario by Pop Smoke. Hmm. I have too many genres to pick out of. Anything like that's happy and upbeat. How about a club song? Of course. What club song? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm just giving you an example. Well, that's hard. I'm very indecisive. He usually chooses oh. What about 50 50? Wait, like 50 Cent? Yeah, that's enough. Oh, no. It's a reggae song. Sure. So now, 50, 50 Cent. With Drew Beezy. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I think mine's probably going to have to be Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Good song. I still think it's overplayed. At least you didn't yeah, say something I mean, like, hello. I it's overplayed. <laughs> It's not. It's not like that. At least I mean, it wasn't an Adele song or no, Super God, Bass no. oh, or God, Super no. Bass. One no, of the two. No, no Adele. None of that. You don't want to no Taylor Swift fan. Nah, I'm not. I'm not a Tay fan. Or I think. Whatever, I think she does produce some good whatever songs. Whatever fans are called. I mean, you can attest to it. Well, I don't know if you can attest to it or not, but uh, some songs that Taylor Swift did put out are really good, actually. Like some people are like yeah, like some some songs are pretty good, but I mean this is like earlier like Taylor Swift. I heard that uh, Kendrick Lamar actually wrote her lyrics. I don't know if this is true. Like well, obviously honestly, you don't know if it's true or not unless you actually figure out but that. But I from. heard I heard this like a long time ago that Kendrick Lamar was the one who wrote her lyrics, like in her like earlier albums. Hmm. But that, that I mean that. That may make sense, but at the same time, there's no real proof of it. And yeah, I live off no. the facts. Yeah, no. Facts, fa facts are important. Facts are the most important part of life, I think. Well, at least for figuring out controversy things is what. Yeah. That's why there is more controversies about certain things, especially. Because there's no facts surrounding them. Especially like the Roe v. Wade being overturned. And now oh, yeah. women no longer get the choice. Which essentially. is very stupid. I, honestly, I it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, that's kind of dumb. That was probably the dumbest thing the Supreme Court could ever do. I don't know why it was that way. Like, I don't even know how this trial came about. It just like happened. Oh, Roe v. Wade's overturned. I'm like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. I never heard about this trial or nothing until like the very end of it. And it just said, 
Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Now abortions are now illegal. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, no, it, it's honestly kind of dumb. Um, that's not kind of dumb. It's really dumb. Like, I feel like women should have the right to choose. You know what I mean? Like the right. Yeah, that and I think there's going to be unsafe ways to actually remove the baby now. Like unsafe ways? Yeah, like they're actually going to go up there and like somebody else is going to like not medically procedure like trained to actually do it. Instead, oh, somebody's going to. so gonna, you think they're not going to like go to the hospital no, they won't be able to now. Right, Like, yeah. the hospital cannot do it at all. That, I can see that, yeah. So instead of them doing that, now they're going to have different people actually basically trained to do abortions, even though they weren't really trained in the medical field, where you have to have years of experience and years of dedicated time to actually figure out, like, what would happen if this and this happened. No, they would do it essentially like the black market where they would sell their time essentially removing right. the baby yeah unlawfully obviously but at the same time like some women don't want babies like they don't they can't handle it right now or they have they're something like, going on or they're victims of rape like what are you gonna victims do of that? rape that's like the hugest one the for me i'm one. like yeah. are you serious like you're gonna overturn it and like, yeah it's you're a victim of rape and you're forced to have this baby with this guy that guy or whatever you want to say biologically it would be a guy who rapes you and you have his baby because you're not allowed because to have you can't do anything about you it. can't do anything you about it now you're gonna have to and then they're gonna be more likely to get that black market essentially under the table transaction where they somebody removes it unlawfully and they're not yeah. doing it carefully to make sure the woman's and, okay and the sad part is our country is slowly turning into like a third world country like in places like iraq like iraq they can't like they can't really have the right to have an abortion right like i don't know if that's true or not i it's, it's i didn't somewhere do around research there, on that but like they basically our country is one of the few countries that do not allow women to have their right to get an abortion and that's kind of sad like that's that's really sad actually like we've gone from the number one country with opportunities and freedom and free will to becoming this country where you sure you can have opportunities but freedom that's not it, really it's definitely not as high it's as it not, is it's not i think it's more controlling than anything right like i think the american dream we didn't talk about this one yet actually the nice part is it kind of ties and very well with it the american dream i don't believe it really exists as much anymore like un unless you're doing entrepreneurship right which is basically the entrepreneur or the american dream and everything exactly yeah um yeah the american dream can go a lot of ways uh especially like with things like old money and new money if you have old money it's a lot easier to kind of have that american dream because you can obviously invest that money into like the stock market and you can get a significant return on your investment, which is a lot easier because obviously people have heard of it takes money to make money or whatever. Yeah, it, that's 100% true in most scenarios. Like you have to find a way to build that wealth before actually investing your time into something that you really believe can be worth it in the long run, especially for like 
starting your own business, you have to have money to start up that business. It's not going to be like, okay, I'm just going to start it and hope for the best. No, you have to have money. You got to invest in products. You got to invest in websites, how to design everything, prototypes, testing, everything. You got to, it's really hard for different things unless you're doing like projects and services, unless you're doing services, I should say. Mm. Really, you got to have experience in all of that. And essentially, it's like trading your time for money. So instead of. So, yeah, basically, these kids have these options, whether they go to college and be in debt or to create a business that's going to take time and money. And you kind of have that option. You either don't go to college, work a labor job, own enough money and take that risk to own a business, or you take the easy way and go to college. And there's nothing wrong with going to college. I mean, I'm in college right now. And I'd say maybe doing both, maybe having two plans in one is kind of a good idea. Like we said before, having uh, multiple eggs in the basket is probably the best way to go compared to having just one egg and taking one route, like going to college. Maybe you can go to college and try and figure out a business plan, get money on the side. Like, I feel like people can necessarily do both. Now, if you don't really know what you're doing, going to do in college then it's kind of like okay maybe college isn't the best option and maybe yeah you should go to community college or just like maybe work a regular job for now but yeah uh the american dream can go a lot of ways in a sense yeah but i think most of the american dream is like following the matrix essentially like a lot of the the ways you put the american dream is like you get up you get a job or you create your own job and then you buy a house and then you live your dream out that way by essentially owning your own piece of property and owning your own piece of yourself. And I think that's what the entirety of the American dream should have been instead of the entirety of the American dream is get rich. That's all you can do. Like that seems like, like that's yeah. what it seems to be more about is getting as rich as possible versus anything yeah. else. I agree with that. I feel like a lot of people portray the definition of the American dream and they think, oh, I need to get uh, as rich as possible to, to be happy. When so many people that are rich aren't happy. Warren Buffett claims he's, we, everyone knows Warren Buffett. He's one of the richest uh, investors ever. And he claims that he's not happy. You can have a billion dollars and not be happy. That's because they're not appreciating exactly money anymore because there's yeah. no real reason for them to appreciate the money anymore because they didn't have to they don't have to worry about working so hard for it anymore. They yeah. ha- they've already figured out how to make that much money and how to multiply that amount so they're like they're essentially bored. Right. Like they really yeah. have nothing else to do so they're like fuck it. Well, what else am I going to do? I'm going to buy something, buy something new, buy NFTs and I think that's why uh that's like kind of an introduction to NFTs and things. It's owning things that nobody else owns. I think that's what really like introduces everything for people who are rich. They want to own things that nobody else does because you made all that money. You got you have like the standard Lamborghini Evo. You have the Mercedes. You have Porsche 911s. You have all of those supercars. Night. You got a yacht. You got a private jet. What else is but there those to buy? Are all like liabilities, kind of. They're not yeah, they're, making. Well, I would say they're more sense. assets. They're not a so car? much liabilities. A car is not an asset. A car is a liability because it's not making you money. 
Well, it's not. I mean, you could. You could be making money off of it. How? If it depreciates. If you're renting out. 20% value when you leave the lot. Well, in the future, at the same time, you're selling it. Inflation for that car is going to go up. So maybe if you sell it like a year from then, yeah, it may not. You may lose money on it. If you sell it maybe 15, 30 years from it. 50 years. Depending if you. Like, like. Like I, I I get what you're going, like um like a lot like really old cars like how you see in like car shows and stuff. What if they're really fifteen miles on the value. the entire of the engine? Fifteen miles. Let's say it could be an asset if you yeah, only drove it if, fifteen miles. If you believe it's like gonna go up in like fifty years, but like no, not fifty years. That's way too long. I'm not waiting that long for a Lamborghini exactly. Evo to sell again. No, exactly. That's what but I'm if saying. you have like a 2016 Evo and you just keep it in your lot and it has maybe seven to 30 miles on on it that's it you sell it 15 years from now that's going to be a high value it's essentially like a trophy item maybe if like yeah if you buy used but like newer cars like if you buy a new car leave the lot it's already depreciating, it already depreciating value 20 percent. 20 percent as soon as it drives off that lot done it's already yeah 20% I, get, less. I get what you're going with like the used car market especially now how like it was it was like at its peak like used cars were so valuable because of simple supply and demand nobody had the car chips to make new cars and yeah, everyone not, wanted a car and yeah. they couldn't get it there wasn't none of this like somewhat like 15 year old car that you can pay for like maybe a thousand dollars and be like okay that's a good price on a used car now like the cheapest you're gonna get on maybe a 15 year old car is maybe like 3500 yeah, like it's, it's definitely risen a lot more yeah. and they probably only paid $16,000 for that, but they also got 170,000 miles out of it. So yeah, obviously it's going to depreciate in value, but there's going to be cars out there who only have like seven miles to the gallon, essentially mm-hmm. a trophy car. And they're worth millions, even though they were only purchased for maybe thirty, forty thousand $40,000 back in the day. And now they're worth like millions because they're now a trophy car and they don't manufacture that specific car anymore they don't make any more parts for it or anything that's when you want to actually start selling it is because now it's risen so much value because it's scarcity scarcity rises prices very well yeah and that's that's kind of funny actually because this i have no correlation to this guy whatsoever but my uh, grandpa knows one of the richest men uh, the richest man in Ontario, richest man in Woodstock, uh, one of those two. And he basically, back in, I'd say, the 50s, probably, he bought a couple properties in uh, Woodstock. And now he sold them for a couple millions. Yeah, A couple millions. So he, this guy made probably $10 million off. $10 million plus off these couple properties and like that was a long-term investment like if you, if you treat it like a long-term investment you're definitely I think gonna real get estate's return. one of those that you yeah. can invest in and real estate you're almost guaranteed an ROA you're almost guaranteed yeah. an ROI especially when a crash happens like in the great uh, like the Great Depression like around the 50s those were good times to buy because all those houses were obviously pretty low and like I I don't know what people were thinking back then, obviously, with the housing market. But obviously, 
you buy in that time obviously you see the statistics and returns now you're you're gonna 100x your money like it's crazy like like but but now i don't know what's gonna happen with the real estate market like are we heading towards a crash is it gonna keep going up like that's the thing with like long-term investments you don't really know what's gonna happen you don't know the future of the dollar the worth of a dollar yeah pretty much like do you guys want to add anything to this um what's it called no (laughs) just kidding (laughs) (laughs) he just says no and passes back the mic (laughs) yeah i think you just have to um it's all about betting right i mean if you look at the richest people in the world they do took it. a gamble on everything. It yeah, was high gamble. risk, high reward, though, at the same time. Like, if you look at when uh, Biden became president after this election, you would see that a lot of uh, investments went into renewable energy companies, mainly because the oil sector would tank, because he didn't invest in oil. As a matter of fact, he's actively stopping oil production in the Gulf of Mexi- Mexico and uh, south of Alaska. So it's, you really just got to see who's in power, what's going to go on, and uh, current trends, and you'll be fine. Yeah, 100%. And that was the other thing with like with presidents, like they could really shift the tide for financially stable or not for a country. And I think not to say that I'm like for Trump or against Trump. I think one thing he did very, very well was helping people become financially stable right. he with helped, the job market. He helped the economy and the job. Like market. he helped pretty, pretty very well, well because that. he was a very good businessman. Now, if he was away from the camera, away from everything, like I think he'd be very a very good president to keep him as, and he would help us actually get out of debt very well. Like we are in trillions, if I don't not know if quadrillions. He would help of us dollars. get out of debt. Like we're it would definitely trillions. help us more. I mean, it would yeah. slow it down people, at least. People say if Trump was in president in these times, things would go better. But honestly, I I don't think no matter who is president. It's Nothing it's coronavirus. Would, like would really, nobody really nobody yeah. could really control coronavirus. Like especially when that happened. Yeah. Who knows what Trump would have said? I mean, he was like totally against masks and everything. Like, and then Biden was essentially older, so he kind of takes advice from his advisors and stuff. Well, I think Trump and Biden are like the same age. Like Trump is actually like in his seventies, but doesn't late seventies. Well, doesn't Biden though have Alzheimer's and something? He has a speech uh, impediment. impediment. Oh, he has a speech impediment. Oh, I used and, to, and people yeah, always say like, Alzheimer's. "Oh, he he's old. He has a speech impediment." Like that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a bad person or a bad president. Like people say, "Oh, he can't talk," but he's actually done a lot environmentally, sustainability for our country. And yeah, obviously, COVID and COVID and the recession is kind of like ruining everything right now, but. That's just a short term effect. Yeah, like helping this, helping Ukraine and yeah, like he's like, done. A, he's done actually a lot. Probably not like economically. Not for us, at least. No, not for maybe I, for Ukraine. Not for us, but for in the long term, this stuff is going to be pretty good for the world. Like for the United States, I just say. But yeah, with that though, I'm going to kind of transition into uh, foreign aid. Like, how much should we really be investing in other countries? when the United States is in incredibly in an incredible amount of debt, like how much should we really be investing in other countries? Why we can't even get out of debt ourselves. Like we're putting all this money into different countries. Like we're prospecting from uh, China. We're supporting Colombia. We're supporting Cuba. We're supporting everybody. 
but we're not even financially stable ourselves. We're like so much in debt that I don't think there is a recovery for unless we spend probably thousands of years just slowly ticking back up to that billion spot and then million spot. And then we're finally there at all the way done with our debt. But I don't think it's ever going to get that way in the United States unless something major happens. You know, it's actually, uh, that's kind of interesting because we're not the only country that's heading for a huge possible correction. Uh, China's market, China's uh, economy is literally about to collapse. Uh, I saw multiple videos on YouTube. Um, about 20 days from now, their economy is going to completely collapse. About 20 days or is that a, for a fact or a, no? About 20 days, yeah. So roughly like in the next, let's say we'll round it up and we'll go the next couple months. We'll say next six months that it's like set yeah, to crash. You'll probably see on the news that China's market is going to collapse. Oh, well, that might be interesting to hear if we actually see it on the news and everything. Obviously, there's going to be a couple biased news right, reporters. Gonna be, you have to watch it over a couple newscasters. A Otherwise, you're not going to really understand the entirety of facts right. of it. And I don't know if you watch like Graham Stephan or uh, Andre Jink, Jink, Jinks. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I, I mean, I watched both of their videos. They, there's a lot of articles about China's collapse in the next uh, couple weeks. Um, but what do you think? What do you think is going to happen with the stock market with that then? For us, just in general, in like the world. The world's well, well essentially stock market is international, so yeah, considering that we get a lot of our stuff from China, it's gonna be uh not good for us, yeah, especially and I don't wanna create like fear uh into anyone, but yeah it's it's not it's gonna be a whole it's new gonna be, perspective of things, yeah. obviously we're gonna have to deal with it, we're gonna have to focus on like more American because goods. you do because you do agree we get a lot of our stuff from China. Oh, 100%. We yeah. get it a lot from so other several other countries as well, though, at the yeah. same time. It's not just China itself. It's like one of those, you put all your eggs in one basket, one of them collapse, you're okay with other right. six. Yeah. Now, with China's case, though, they're very, very huge on production, though. That's the entirety of why we have close mm -hmm. relations with uh, good trade, I should say, with China is because they're very, very good at production of goods and services. Well, not me, not services, but goods, especially like TikTok. I'm, I don't think TikTok came from China, did it? I don't know, but I I heard that China like banned TikTok. Maybe no, uh, no. Actually, was I was going to talk about that uh, another podcast, but I might as well talk about it this podcast. In China, they actually ban people from using TikTok from. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Really? So then students are able to actually focus in class and they're not able to actually really access their TikTok account, essentially. So they're actually able to really sit down and grind and do their work when they're required to instead of actually having distractions like TikTok and YouTube and that's stuff like that. Kinda, and that's, that's actually kind of smart yeah, at the same really time. Yeah, that's really smart, actually, because they should do that for all social media. Well, they should do well for everywhere. Honestly, like I would, I would be fine with just working for eight hours, getting a lot of shit done. Honestly, you don't want to without the distractions, you know. 
Yeah, I can see that. I could definitely see that. And that's why, why I was saying last time, I was like, what if Neuralink could actually do that to you? Yeah. That's what, it's <laughs> yeah, like everything's falling back to Neuralink. Like Neuralink is going to make, essentially create the perfect human being and nobody's going to be really different from another person yeah. other than like face structure. Like that's going to be the only thing we're going to be human robots one day. And that's a possibility. I'm not saying it definitely for sure, but it's definitely a possibility that we could be human robots. It's something to think about. I mean, it you never really know. Yeah. I it's mean, like big brother. Like I was saying before, but if the human race became essentially like big brother, like, what are we supposed to do? Like, nobody's going to have free will. Nobody's going to want to live anymore. They're just like, go exactly, up, wake yeah. up, do their job, go home. They never have fun anymore. They just go home. That's and, not really ideal, you know? And that's not the most ideal for most human races. You know, what's funny. I don't think that people are going to be taking the risks that they would today if that sort of thing came out. Yeah. If, I mean, I just like talking about like, it could be a possibility in the future. Like yeah. it's could be. It's not to scare you from Neuralink or anything. It's just like one possibility, one extreme possibility, essentially, of what could actually happen with Neuralink. Elon mm -hmm. Musk's Neuralink, I don't want to like demotivate it or anything like that. They're obviously going to make it so it's not so much focused on that, hopefully. Obviously, I'm hoping that Neuralink is going to be what it sounds like they're doing. Their project's there to help people who have disabilities right now and right. help them become a better person themselves. So if you have like uh, autism, there'd be something with Neuralink that would actually be able to essentially reform your brain. And so you won't have autism anymore. Essentially you're creating a perfect human being, human being, I should say where you have no side effects, no nothing like, Lactose intolerant would become extinct. Gluten free yeah, that would, would be, be nice. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Especially for <laughs> that you. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also heard a lot of people like kind of grow out of that sort of thing. What? Gluten free and like lactose, lactose intolerant? and gluten free. Yeah. Um. Well, your genes change over time. Yeah. But you have to. I guess it's just kind of a. I can't really explain like how it would actually happen. I think some people just get lucky with it. It's not essentially, yeah. they don't get to control that. But if Neuralink was able to, where you no longer have to deal with that, now you get to eat whatever you want. That's a whole nother subject and everything. But at the same time, I think Neuralink is going to be there for the better. Honestly, yeah. like I really think it's there to make people better and live it, a happier life. I mean, it's going to make people better. But do you want to be the same as everyone else? I mean, well, no, no, I'm talking about, uh, now, now we're going back to that extreme discussion, which you were talking about. Like, no, like, like I know what you mean, like production wise. Well, yeah. Um, going. I'm going to not scrap it, but I'm going to put it to the side. That's a, that's one possibility of it. The new possibility could be everybody's now able to walk. Everybody's able to see. Oh, they have, yeah, yeah. Everybody has perfect vision. Yeah. There's no longer need for glasses. There's no longer need for yeah. Like I agree that hearing that would, aids and yeah. That's what I'm saying is if they're essentially perfect with imperfections. Like you're still imperfections with uh, not everybody's the same, which is imperfections. So 
everybody has their voice of opinion. They can create their own things. They can do everything on their own. But instead of doing that extreme case where you're controlled by everything, now instead of that, everybody else has that same opportunity to do everything that everybody else can, but you just have to have the right mindset to actually do go out and do it. Right. Yeah. I understand what you mean. But yeah, that's just one possibility of it. Obviously, we might come back to Neuralink like every fucking podcast. Yeah. It like feels we like we're coming back to it every, every time. Single podcast. Because it, it's so interesting to me. I freaking like it's love it. Literally, it's the future. I like, love it though, but at the same time, who knows what the future is going to be? Nobody really knows nobody it knows. until you're living in it. That's and why. then that's not the future anymore. That's exactly. The, it's the present. That's the present. That's and then the, you're going to ex- compare it with the past. You're like, holy shit. Like, this is so much better than what the past relatives had to deal with. That's why the present is a gift. And you should live through it every day and enjoy your life. Not think about the future or the past. Well, yes and no. Well, maybe not so Reflect much the past. On past mistakes. Possibly. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that because it creates depression, especially. Now, if you're yeah. like reflecting on like, okay, here's what we could do in the future. Now you have a little bit of plan ahead. So now you're like, I have a goal I'm working towards. Now you get to actually put your mind to it and really focus on it and really go after that dream slash goal slash mindset that you want to achieve. And now instead of having this, if you're just living in the present, you're just like waking up every day, doing your job and then going home. That's living in the present. I believe living in the present should be more focused on appreciating others around you, appreciating different people, uh, appreciating everything about life. Appreciate life. Yeah. Yeah. Because you only have a limited time on life. And we don't know if we're, going to become reincarnated in the future. I that's another really good topic, but that, reincarnation. Yeah, that's that's definitely one where I, Buddhists could definitely attest to it. I'm not a Buddhist. I I'm know not that even, I am. But I kind of kind of nest believe in reincarnation a little bit. I don't I don't honestly know. Like because what are you going to do after this? Who knows? Like <laughs> it's the same as everything. That's why life is so interesting. Because you never know what's going to happen in life and what's after life and before life. Like you never know until you actually live. Like if somebody's hearing this like 500 years from now, who knows if they are or not. Like one of the most interesting things is, is like the afterlife. The afterlife. Is there a afterlife? Is there a heaven? Do we just do it all over again? Do we just die and nothing happens like you just see black. there's no there's no proof of nothing and that's why it's like who knows what happens after death like there is some people who are like oh we saw angels like they were dead for seven minutes i knew somebody at home depot who were who was dead for seven minutes and they brought him back to life and he was like telling me about this i saw like the light literally he's yeah, like i like- saw the light and everything i'm like what the hell does that mean? Like, what is that light? Like, it's an introduction to it. It's like not the entirety of it. What if at the end of your life, it's like uh, David Gorgons said, the ultra marathoner slash Navy SEAL. Yeah. What he was talking about is what if at the end of your life, you get to see a reflection of 
everything you did in your life. And then you get to see another reflection of if you actually did everything you were supposed to, like this is what your life would have been. And then the best possible version. So you'd like get to compare everything like, did I waste my life? Did I actually enjoy my life and everything? And then there's the best possible scenario where you're like, you were perfect in every way, essentially. Like you didn't, you still made mistakes, but you learned from them. You didn't like give up and like, I'm never doing that again because I made this mistake. I'm done with that. Yeah. It's a, it's essentially like that. But as he was saying is, you wouldn't want to go to God and be like, I didn't do, I didn't live my best life. Like mm. if you were actually truly wanting to do it, you would want to live your best life, especially with the comparison of things. If you're seeing a comparison with everything now, you're like, I wish I had that best life as possible. And that's why it's like, you kind of have to compare yourself to yourself if you were the best possible scenario, you want to be in that best possible scenario because like I said, you only have a limited time on life. Like you only have a limited time in the universe. I'm not going to say, well, maybe not universe, but space time and continuum. Like what if there's like a whole another world out there? Well, maybe not. It wouldn't be called, well, maybe it is. And like you, another planet. You mean, yeah. Like, like yeah. a world. I would say Universe, a world is world, like whatever. Earth to me. For for me, like wh- when you say world, it relates me to uh, just Earth itself. Like uh, a planet. If, if you say like a planet, yeah, it'll just like millions and billions of things. Like, what if there's? It's just like Guardians of the Galaxy, though, where they're like doing light speed, essentially like what a. Uh, or what what if, Star Trek and... What about this? What if we're, like, living in a simulation? Yeah, and that's another possibility. Though Elon Musk said that we're all living in what a simulation. What if we're living in a simulation? And aliens are watching us. Like, who really knows? Like, nobody really knows these things. And that's what's so intriguing to me, is who knows what really happens? Nobody these, does. These are probably the most interesting controversies ever, because, like... There's no facts. There's there, no factual and I don't think there ever will be. It's just one of those are like, dead. you're accept it. You yeah. have to. But at the same time, I think why religion became such a thing is because people had to believe in something. Somebody had to believe in something. There's no other way that the things are just the way they are. Like somebody has to believe in something to be able to really understand life a little bit better. Because if you're just living your life, you don't know why you're on this earth. You don't know why you're here, why you're doing all this. Like you have to believe in something. So if you believe in heaven, you want to live the best life around it. And you want to make sure you're doing your goals, living off your goals to make sure you want to like go to heaven and stuff like that. Right. But you build your more, your character around like, I want to go to heaven one day. I want to do all these. But do you think that, the Bible in heaven was designed just for people to be good. I think, I think so. Yeah. But like if there's actually is facts really around it, yeah. But obviously there's no real, there's no real facts of obviously I'm, I might get controversial for it or everything, 
there's no real facts of Jesus coming back three days after alive. Like, obviously, there's no video proof because, yeah, it was 0 AD or 0 BC, I should say, where the actual start of, they actually started time and everything. And then the Civil Ages, the Iron Age, all them came along. But at the same time, there's no real, real proof. It's just like a, somebody might have just came up with it. And then, like, everybody believed it from then on. But nobody really has proof of it. Right. Like, it's a very good, I wouldn't say story, but it kind of is. Like, if it really doesn't exist, like, if Jesus really didn't exist, like, it would be, it was a very good story. But essentially, the Bible is a very good story of it because he tells, it tells the entirety of what life was before and how to live your life a little bit better. But then another thing is in the Bible, it states that gays do not go to heaven. And especially now it's like, well, what if, what if it's not true? Yeah. Like, like what well, at the same that, time, like, if what it, if you follow all the rules to the Bible, but you're gay? Yeah, exactly. It's like what it's just one of those things are like, how do you really understand things unless you know facts and there's no facts behind it. So everybody has their own opinions about things. That's why there's so many religions because they all believe in something different. Now what they do believe and what I believe is there is some higher power that created everything. And there is still that same higher power that's ever expanding the universe. Like the universe is constantly and constantly expanding no matter what. Like it's, that's so interesting to me is like, how does that, how does that come to be? It doesn't just like happen. Right. Like nothing just happens. Like something has to do something in order for that to happen. Like it's just, that's just bizarre to me. Like we don't really understand the entirety of black holes too. No. Yeah, we don't. Like we understand like the basic concept of it, but we never really understand why are how are black holes created, how are everything created? Like that's just wild to me. Like why do some planets have three moons? Why do planets have rings around them? Like what's the what was the entire gravity. point of it? It might be gravity, but how did those rings come out to be though? That's the entire thing. Why are they specifically rings and not just all floating around and bubbles well, around not, the air it's not really a ring they're more like a bunch of rocks well yeah they're a bunch of rocks together. but they're it has i think it has everything to do with a magnetic pull with the planet yeah gravitational pull. but the magnetic pull is like north to south only specifically one way it's not more than one way that's what makes it very interesting is it's not like scattered out one way it's like no this is north south done like that's it mm-hmm. And I mean, north south is like a correlation, so you, people would actually understand it. Like, there's just a, you have to signify it by something. Obviously, if it's just like rope, rocks are floating around this in a line. Like, you gotta have some formation of words to make it make sense to more people. But if you have it, like, why is it floating just that one way? And like, is it rotating around the planet and we don't know about it? Like, it might be, honestly. And at the same time, I think 
in the future it may we may come up with more advanced technologies to travel essentially not pictured i don't know what you call them like they're not satellites but they're actually like photo holograms i gotta look this up because i know i know they exist i can't remember the name of them like i think and i think this would be cool especially um as a sustainable standpoint obviously we're getting we're heading into the future with this sort of thing heading into people potentially living on mars and i think that's going to cut in significantly to the population of the world because the earth can only sustain about three billion people and we have like three times the amount of people than we should be we basically are living on a planet of three earths when we can only withstand one and now like i've talked about this before in the first podcast i believe but we have the technology to withstand this amount of people on yeah and i think as the technology grows i think we're going to be able to sustain even more population exactly yeah like instead it's going to be like like we said it's going to be skyscrapers of people and then right. there's going to be skyscrapers of food growing oh, yeah, for yeah. those people. And yeah. that's so interesting to me at the same yeah. time. I mean, Charlie, do you have anything to say with that? Like what, what could the future of civilization be as technology grows? To be honest, I think with technology, most of the time what had to happen is um, it really had to be like we would take all the new technology we can, right? Like most of the technology in the past was used for farming. It was used for um, getting better water. It was used for increasing the population. And I think instead of that, like the more time goes on, we have to start figuring about uh, out which technologies we don't want in our life, such as tobacco, you know, such as, uh, you know, um, things on the Internet, um, such as other drugs, you know what I mean? And those are such things that we can't, uh, we can't take lightly. And before it used to be easily like, oh, okay, this is a new invention to grow food. We want this, right? Now it's like, do I really want that thing in my body? Do I want to do this thing? It's a lot more, um, it's not a, a straight line anymore. And so, um, yeah, I think going forward, um, I think we're actually going to become richer as a civilization. We have been for thousands of years. I mean, we used not to have air conditioning, we used to have to fight for land and food. I mean, to be honest, like life has been getting better for all of civilization. And, um, but at the same time, I think now we have to be more careful about what we put in rather than, um, not having enough. I think that's the future. I think that's the one thing that's really changed. Awesome, man. I totally agree with that. Um, I think we should cut it here. Uh, no, keep no, going. Go Omar. All right, let's go. I want to talk about this one right. last one. Oh, we we didn't get to really talk about it though is uh the death penalty. Okay. Like do you believe we should be going back to the old ages and just doing rope and guillotine or electric chair because that's significantly cheaper than euthanizing people. Like euthanizing costs thousands of dollars rather than if you have a essentially guillotine, you're not going to feel it anyways after Point five seconds you're not going to really know about it but who really knows because they're not going to be like oh i live to see that like obviously they yeah don't. but i also heard with like guillotines is sometimes it wouldn't even work 
like they would survive. Like it wouldn't cut their head completely off. Or yeah, it would, I can or see Or it would that. just stop like halfway. It would stop like halfway because through. the blade's yeah. not sharp enough. Or there's yeah, not enough that force. or I don't know. Like there has to be, I think there has to be a better way for it. Like I feel like it has to be like quick and painless because they shouldn't be able to live anymore. I think lethal injection would probably be the way I'd go if I had. But you know choice. how much of taxes actually go to lethal injection? Oh, yeah, I know. And that's the other and, thing, yeah. bringing it back up. Like a lot of debt comes from them. Like it's, Right, yeah. It's, it's not cheap for lethal injections. Like lethal injections are very expensive. And then they have like entire scenes about it and everything. Like people actually get to see this person like being lethally injected, injectioned, make sure he's actually dead. Obviously, he basically sleep forever, sleep in the forever box, essentially. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's like I think it's just so expensive that we have to find a better way for it so people don't have to suffer as much for like paying for all that stuff, especially like prison. Like why a lot of, I think why a lot of prison, I think prison actually reforms people in correct prisons. If you go to the bat, if you go to the wrong prison, I don't think it's going to reform you at all. It's going to teach you to, you need to go back to prison because that's the lifestyle you lived and that's the only way to do it. But sometimes people come out a totally different person because essentially they're disconnected from everything and now they actually find a passion that they're actually going after and when they come out their technology can actually help them grow that passion now they found like some rappers came out of call or came out of prison and now they're like huge rappers now instead of because they found that motivation from prison obviously you got to find the good prison if the i mean they're not so much finding a good prison it's and essentially actually, you have to get assigned to a really good prison. Otherwise, you're just screwed. Like, you could be dead in there fucking 10 minutes into your visit. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, are you serious? Well, that's actually interesting because in, um, I think it's Norway, they have uh, the prisons basically, basically like the apartment we're living in. They have prisons with TVs. You can have an Xbox, internet connection. It's basically like living, tax, and rent-free but obviously you committed crimes and they believe that in Norway that if you, Oh, and by the way, they also get jobs. They work on themselves. They read, they basically do everything we do in an isolated form. And basically what they believe is that if these prisoners stay in these home, like structures that they will come back to society and be a functioning member of society and actually, it turns out that that's true. That not everyone, I don't remember the statistics for it, but around eighty percent. Well, what come out? What to crime society. do you think they would have to commit to do that? Any crime. It can be any crime. They'll like still kill fucking it. seven children. Yeah. I I don't know about and that. And they actually like some come. People they actually are come out psychotic that way though. They, so they yeah, have to I go to yeah, like that's why that there's like that other percentage. There's like exceptions work. to it, obviously. You yeah. plead for insanity, so you're no longer guilty. No, yeah. So it's like <laughs> it's one of those scenarios where you get admitted to a fucking like local hospital, well, not a local hospital, but a a patient care, the IU, ICU, essentially. Because right. if there's obviously something wrong with you, then there's, there's... A, you plead for insanity, so you really can't 
you don't get control of your life anymore. So essentially it's like yeah. and prison I think, anyways. But yeah. I think they might have actually do something. Because, um, yeah, I don't know if they put – like if they, I don't know about the, I don't know about it, the whole TV and Xbox. No, no, thing. no. Like I, I, that, I, that doesn't exist. No, that that's true. All that's true. Like literally, they have prison cells, like normal apartments that you live in. And I'm not even joking. But you're like monitored all the time, or what? Yeah. Oh, so you're like. But they have, um, they, they have jobs. Like they stay have, at home jobs. They have schools that you can go to. You can go to classes. Oh, you talking about like on like this, this basically is a, this like is a prison. on prison this is a prison, campus yeah, yeah. so they i mean that's kind of interesting you though to come out as a functioning member of society yeah and, and i think that's what a uh, prison kind of really does take advantage of but the thing is it's a lot more expensive obviously yeah it's more expensive for here. people or the the people of the netherlands not the person like, actually going like into ta- prison like um because I almost feel like, like if that was the way it was, like then and stuff like that. I would say if like that's the, the way it was. I feel like the way they like charge you, a, if you're like, let's say you go a year and a half into it, you get charged that year and a half fully, whatever the amount of rent they come up with essentially. And while you're working that job, that job is literally just paying that off and the sooner you pay it off you can actually leave sooner and it'll motivate them to actually make money faster and it'll help them reform themselves because now they get to actually leave a little bit sooner because they could do that now obviously i think there could be exceptions to that they don't if they go to prison for seven years and then they did all their they made all their money in like a year and a half like no like you have to have a minimum of Let's say seven years, you have to have minimum of five years. Like you can't go out earlier than five years. You still have to do your time. Well, yeah, they in still prison. they still do their time, obviously. But if you work harder, you don't have to be in a prison as long. You definitely get it's like a almost then, a like, plea deal of good if, behavior, getting let out early on good behavior. Yeah, but like, what if you like killed someone and like you? And that's what I'm just saying. Just trying to work hard to get out as quickly as possible to go kill another person. And that's what I'm saying. You got to have a minimum amount of time. Yeah, and, I and think you that's have to what be. They do. I think that's what they do, honestly. And then I they got to have therapists on board, essentially. Obviously, locked away. Well, not locked away, but uh, behind, on the other side of the bars, we'll say that. So then they could still be able to talk to them, and they won't be threatened for their life and stuff like that. But it's very interesting because prison, I think, reforms a person to be the way they are. Like, right. it'll totally change them for the better or it'll change them for the worse. And they'll go right back to prison because they don't know how to live their life outside of prison. I agree with that. Couldn't agree more. But yeah, and then the, I had one more topic, obviously. <laughs> I always have things to talk about. Come on, Liam, let's go. So I think the last one was... Uh, giving money to those on the street instead of homeless shelters as we're doing, as we're giving money to people on the street, I believe not always is it true, but I believe most of them just the rate they got in that situation is because they did drugs and alcohol and now they got money back. They're going to put all that money back into the drugs and alcohol and do it again the next day. And the next day after that, 
Now, if we had only homeless shelters and you're not allowed to give money or anything to homeless people, like at least on the street, I should say, if they're living in these homeless shelters, now they get to essentially like it's not a prison, but it's a reform society where they can actually learn how to make a job, how to do a job, I should say, how to create things, how to be an entrepreneur, how to follow their passion instead of actually receiving money so they can go buy more drugs and alcohol and stuff like that, where it ruins their life even more instead of having just homeless shelters. And if you see homeless people on the street, you're not allowed to give them nothing. So they actually go to these homeless shelters. They apply. They're not essentially applying for it, but they kind of are. They do like an interview of everything. Make sure you're actually homeless. You're not just like exploiting the system. But at the same time, that homeless shelter would have people who actually train them how to be a functioning member of society, just like prison. They find it a way to be functioning acceptable into a society rather than the other way around where you go into the homeless shelter, you get free food, free shelter, all that stuff, but you're not learning how to get out of that situation. Nobody's really teaching you how to do it. And that's why I think homeless shelters should almost be reformed into a society teaching and how to be a law abiding citizen instead. Right. And I mean, if you are homeless, like, and you are facing, like, addictions with drugs or alcohol or whatever, uh, I think it's more important for people to be giving, like, leftover food or whatever, like, water away instead of money. Because, like you said before, then they're just going to probably come back and end up using that money to feed their addiction, basically. Yeah. And instead of trying to actually survive. Yeah, because you can get pretty cheap food for five bucks. Yeah, don't keep in mind. But now if people are actually to like go out and buy the food and then give it to them, done. Like, that's here even, you go. Yeah, Enjoy. Better. I actually have a, a funny story about that. We actually picked up a hitchhiker on the way back from Idaho. Really? I don't know why. I mean, it was kind of crazy, but at the same time, it kind of made sense. As we we're picking up this hitchhiker, she seemed like she was on drugs or something. We told the police about it because they actually happened to be there right on town. This lady was walking down the middle of the high, well, not down the middle, but on the side of the highway about 6 p.m. at night. And keep in mind, this is like not in the middle of the forest, but it's like in the middle of rocky terrain and everything. And then there's this highway that it goes down through all the hills and mountains and stuff. But she's walking at like 6 p.m. at night. She doesn't look like she has any flashlight or no idea where she's going. She's just walking. So as we were taking her home, we were just like worried that we might get killed off of it. But at the same time, well, because honestly, we didn't know if she had a gun. There has been. Yeah, like was this there has you been dropped her off. Huh? Was this after you dropped her off? For what? No, I was just telling the story from the very beginning. Oh, like you found her. At yeah, we were just okay. happily, or not happily, but we were like just cruising along trying to get home from Idaho where we, we I really do enjoy Idaho when we go stay up there. The Salmon River is very nice and everything. If you ever go whitewater rafting up there, it's really nice. 
at the same time, as we were coming back from Idaho, our first night coming back, I think, we drove for like maybe nine hours that day. As we were coming back, we were going to be stopping in this next town slash um, RV park just to go camp out for the night so then we can start up and do it again the next day because it's like 20, 19 hours roughly to get to Idaho and back. Or not to Idaho and back. No, it's just just to Idaho from Arizona and then the other way around. So like I was saying, as we were coming back from her, we picked her up and everything. It literally felt like we were getting like bad vibes from her the entire way home or the entire way to the next town. Like keep in mind, the next town was like 10 minutes away from that spot she was. But that would have took her like an hour and a half and who knows what would happen in an hour and a half especially in pitch black and curvy roads where guys or people driving can't see the lady on the road. I and, honestly think the hitchhiker was probably more scared of you guys than you probably were. Before. And yeah, I a hundred percent believe that. But at the same time we were trying to like help her out. Obviously we, I think we gave her a couple dollars to go buy some food. We made sure she had some food like we didn't, we physically like watch. Well, we didn't physically watch her, but we watched her actually go buy food at Burger King. Like we gave him a couple of dollars. We sent her inside. She went inside and paid for her food with the money we gave her, and she ate there. And we made sure the sheriff knew and everything. And I'm sure I don't know what happened from there, but at the same time, like that's just crazy to me. Like you're in the middle of the night. Almost in the middle of the night, just traveling down the highway where you can be hit at any time. Like that is so dangerous to everything. Honestly, yeah, that is incredibly like dangerous, black. especially if it's pitch black and curvy roads. Like you come down a curvy road and you get a flat tire. Do not. I would really, really suggest do not stop on that curvy road in the middle of the night, not even on a curvy road in the middle of the day, going downhill, especially even if you have a flat ruin your rim, it's not worth dying over trying to change that tire. It because, is like someone might attack you or no, not so much uh, attacking you. Someone might hit you because they didn't see you they before. They don't oh, have yeah. a lot of notice. So if you're going around a corner, you just see this person. That's a two second delay where they're like, you get a 0.75 seconds reaction speed. That's what the standardized uh, tested a little bit. It takes most people 0.75 seconds to actually recognize that something is in danger or something. So in that 0.75 seconds, now that two second that you saw them initially, now it's down to 1.25 seconds that you have to react so you don't hit that person on the side of the road. If you're off the road already, you probably will hit them. Now, if it's down a completely straight road in the middle of the day, obviously you're going to see them for 10, 20 seconds before. So you have time to adjust to get to another lane or even pull to the side and help them. But on a curvy road, hell no, you're not doing that shit. And at the same time, if you're on like highways and stuff, I always recommend don't ever stop in the middle of the highway, especially if it's a one, two lane highway and there's no real off ramp, like get off of that road because people are going 70 miles an hour and they're going to hit you pull off to a parking lot, a gas station, anything. So where people aren't driving necessarily fast. 
So you're less likely to be killed off of that. Like there's so many scenarios where we've had to change tires in the middle of the highway. And that's just, that is the sketchiest place to change a tire. Cause you could be hit like any freaking second. That's nuts to me. I would never recommend actually changing a tire on the side of the road, especially a toy hauler tire to be specific because you're lifting all that weight off the ground in a toy hauler, especially if you have full of stuff. And if somebody hits that toy hauler and it comes off of that jack, that jack and that tire is going to crush you. That toy hauler is going to crush you. Not only is it going to slice you as the car is hitting it or it's going forward momentum with the toy hauler, but it's also going to come down straight on top of you. And I know you're not human beings can't handle 18,000. I'm just making extreme value. Who knows how much it weighs, but 18,000 pounds lands on top of you all at once. Yeah. You're not surviving that you're being sliced in half. If there's somewhat sharp object on top of it. So that's why I'm like, well, biggest pieces of advice. If you ever do get a flat tire, always pull off to something new, like a gas station or parking lot where you can actually change your tire without the worry or the fear of being hit. So that's, that's just one of the things, it's just one piece of advice I would actually recommend. Life, life lessons with Dominic. Life lessons with Dominic, personal experiences. Oh, my dad, oh, shoot, I got too many stories. That, uh, <laughs> I really, I know, I always say, oh, one last story, one last story. But there is one more story, though, with my dad as well. And kind of same situation. One of his tires came out on uh, keep in mind this is like an older vehicle and everything it was back probably 40 years from now well maybe not yeah he was in his college years but at the same time like uh as he was getting a flat tire he pulled off in the middle of the highway now there's a guardrail on the side of the highway you know how they like protect it so people don't go over that guardrail and like hurt themselves really bad over like a huge ditch or something maybe a mountain or something like that the guardrail is there so it doesn't you don't cause more harm to yourself the guardrail is there to help protect you in whatever environment afterwards now with this like i was saying i was just setting the scene and everything but with this so me and my well not me and my dad but my dad and one of his friends we're just scrolling around through the highway. They get a flat. They pull off to the side of this highway. Keep in mind, like the speed limit on that highway is probably 75 miles an hour. Even though it was a straight road and everything, it was probably seven in the morning and everything. So it was coming off a, a late night for a lot of truck drivers. So what ended up happening is when they pulled off to the side of the road, they were like in the middle of changing it. My dad wasn't changing it, but the friend was changing it. My dad was like looking around, making sure everything was good. And then all of a sudden this big truck, semi truck started swerving in and out of two lane highway and just started going back and forth, back and forth. And my dad was like, this is kind of sketch. And then all of a second, probably four seconds ahead of it, my dad saw him actually coming right towards the back of the truck and if and that got out of the way well let, let me explain here as that was happening 
is my dad actually like grabbed onto his friend. He literally grabbed onto him as tight as possible. He literally tried to toss him over that guardrail as fast as possible because that's incredibly dangerous. He was like, he was like spot reaction. And then he got that adrenaline rush. Like we were talking about, he didn't feel nothing. He was like, I got to grab my friend and save him. So he literally grabbed him and threw him over the guardrail and the truck hit that truck probably a hundred feet. Like that's how heavy that truck was versus the semi truck. That truck was gone. Like if you were in front of that or even beside that, you were dead instantly. What happened with that though? My dad's friend actually, as he was going over the guardrail, he caught onto his guard. The guardrail actually caught onto him right on top of his leg, right underneath it. Like right where the codger, not the quadriceps, but whatever the back muscles are of the leg, the biggest part of the leg, it, there was a huge gap and huge slice into it. And he was bleeding out really, really terribly. Jesus. Like, yeah, he lost, he passed out and everything. And my dad actually had to make a tourniquet out of it. He literally grabbed a uh, jumper cables and tied the shit out of it because tourniquets, you have to tie the shit out of it. It's not just a, Oh, it's on there tight. No, it, it's painful yeah, it really really tight and yeah. he actually lost a pint of blood and the doctor was saying as he was like coming to the er and everything the doctor said is like my dad saved his life like my really? dad literally saved his life like he would have died if like he, he would have died if he didn't do that tourniquet if he didn't do that tourniquet that guy would have been dead oh yeah for sure and that's just that's the most interesting thing. I'm like, I never want to be in that scenario. I would rather just waste the fucking rim. I'd rather basically kill a rim, essentially. I mean, I have run flats on my tire. Your, your car doesn't. But with regular tires, like they get beat so beat up to shreds. Now you're just riding on the rim, essentially. But if you're only like maybe a couple miles out or there's no dirt, road off to the side where there's no really worry about a car swerving in and out of hitting you you're not pulled off to the bike lane slash a little side port if you have a much bigger gap than that then you're most likely okay but you have to be aware of your surroundings if you realize people are like flying down this interstate slash highway or slash road you need to get the hell off of that road you need to find a gas station you need to find an open space where you can actually go change that tire instead of having it in the middle of the highway essentially off to the side because you never know what's going to happen and i mean that's just one of the thing one story i wanted to talk about obviously there's a couple but some good stories though yeah i mean i hope it was good stories i'm hoping <laughs> people enjoy it at least a little bit i mean my dad might hear about it i might tell him about it a little bit that i can told learn, about that story can learn some lessons from them too yeah, and I, I've learned a lot of lessons from him. It's all about that nature versus nurture law, and I learned a lot of stories from him and just a lot of funny jokes and everything. I'm sure we'll come up with those later on in the story and the podcast, I should say. Yep. It was like one of those interesting people. It's like you can talk to, them, to him for hours and be like, you learned something that you would never learn before. But it's kind of interesting, though. At the same time, might come out for a future podcast and everything. That'd be awesome. We need more, uh, more guests, stories of my dad. More stories. 
more more Life horror lessons. stories. I think uh, we're gonna chop it up here, close up shop for this episode. Um, but uh, thank you for everyone watching. This is episode four uh, with guests Charlie and Leia. Um, with a short time with Charlie, a very short time, <laughs> <laughs> and then an introduction from Leia. <laughs> Hey, we got something out of her. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And peace out. We'll see you next time. See you.